Jack, Levi. The Book Club from Hell. Hello everyone, this is Jack with The Book Club from Hell, an accelerationist cell seeking to harness the power of the secret to collapse the entire universe. Now, I know that I said last week that we wouldn't have an episode this week because of unforeseen circumstances. Well, I was wrong and we recorded an episode anyway. The topic of this week's episode is The Secret, a cosmic self-help book written by Rhonda Byrne and published in 2006. The Secret is remarkable for a number of reasons. One of these reasons is the claims it makes. By wishing for things in a particular way, the universe will deliver to you literally anything you wish for by harnessing the law of attraction. Another reason is its immense success. Owing to a highly effective marketing campaign, including appearing on Oprah, this book grossed 300 million US dollars by 2009 and has sold over 30 million copies worldwide. Speaking of highly successful books, I've published a novel called Tower, involving the medical treatment of souls, literally becoming your job, mass de-existence events based on stock exchange data, and one very, very tall tower. If this sounds even remotely interesting to you, I highly recommend you buy a copy or 10 from Amazon or Apple Books, links in the show description, or go to www.jackbc.me, that is J-A-C-K-B-C dot M-E for more information. If you're still in the mood to send us even more money, we've also got a Patreon account for the book club from hell. So, if you're ready to learn the precise mechanics of the law of attraction, then listen on. Enjoy. Actually, should we... How about we talk about first what constitutes woo-woo bingo, because I think that will provide some sort of structure to this episode. Otherwise, I don't think there's going to be all that much structure, because the secret is like... 30 seconds, maybe, of description of what it actually is. And then it's basically Rhonda Byrne and a bunch of her friends that that she picked up on a trip around the US of people who also are, are aware of the secret and put it into place in their everyday lives. Them all just talking about how good they are and how good you're going to be once you apply the secret. <laughs> how much money they've made and how healthy they are. <laughs> Have you noticed, though, with all of these woo-woo things, it's like... It's like Ilona Selker and Don Paris PhD when they they discover effectively godlike powers. That they discover the ability to do anything. At several points in this book, yeah. they say from the universe's perspective, there's no difference between big and small. Therefore, when you ask the universe for something, it, it just doesn't matter how how big or small the request is, you'll get it. So they are they're effectively saying you can have anything. And they always use it for things like, yeah. oh, I want to lose five kilos. But you have That might be the thing that pisses me off most about the woo-woo things is that they're given godlike powers and what do they do? They just want to lower their taxes a bit or get a new car. Yeah. Or get a particular car park when they go shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. There was the guy who bragged about how the, the primary manifestation of his application of the secret in his life is that... 95% of the time, he finds a car park without having to wait. And the other 5% of the time, he has to wait one to two minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a, it's, what a mundane use of godlike powers. <laughs> it's this bizarre bit of... It's, it's, it's like the, the most crassly materialistic, petty bourgeoisie view of transcendental godlike power. It's like you have as much power yeah. as you could possibly imagine, but all you can imagine is having a nicer car than your neighbour. Yeah, they don't try to do anything really meaningful 
I don't know, like eradicate poverty or something. No. I just want a little bit more material comfort for myself. <laughs> yeah. And not, and not even material comfort commensurate with how much power you're giving. We'll, we'll get into how no. much power The Secret is offering, but <laughs> spoilers, it's, it's really unlimited power. There's, there's no upper limit I can discern to the power that you're afforded by The Secret. But the imaginations of the people talking about the secret are, are quite stunted. And forgive me if um if I'm if I'm being a little bit negative, but I always also have like some suspicion that like the people who write these sorts of books are actually on some level quite deeply cynical. It's really hard to say. I mean, Rhonda Byrne made a fuckload of money off this book. She made a fuckload of money off this. She's made Two films on the same topic. I'm pretty sure this book has made hundreds of millions in sales. And she's written like another five or six books or something. Yeah. She's made a boatload of money of telling other people that if you just think about wealth, you'll get wealth. It's like, um, it's not like Napoleon Hill, the guy who wrote um, Think and Grow Rich, mm. I think. Uh, and uh, apparently he was just like a con man. Like he didn't know anything about it. He just like bullshit it. <laughs> the entire thing, but he sold this catchy book with a bunch of crap in it and made heaps of money off it. <laughs> okay, here we or go. like here um, we go. Guy Kiyosaki. Yeah. So that- No, not Guy Kiyosaki. He's, he's okay. No, um, the other guy, Robert Kiyosaki. Is that Rich Dad Kiyosaki. Poor Dad or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy Kiyosaki is actually cool. He was at Apple. <laughs> okay. No, okay. So- I'm probably fucking up their names as well, sorry. I'm <laughs> I can't really- pronounce Japanese. At least, well. at least according to Wikipedia- so this book was published in 2006. By 2009, the book and the film had grossed 300 million US in sales. <laughs> so does she make a She's, lot of money? She constantly flexes on people as well. She flexes on people all the time. She's like, I've got a four and a half million dollar house and a fucking sick car <laughs> and a hot wife or whatever. It's like, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> well, she didn't. Okay, so this is the really good thing about about freely picking and choosing from quote unquote ancient traditions where you can you can pick the bits that don't require any difficult modification of your life and accept like you you cast away all of the difficult bits and you accept all of the bits that make you feel good or justify behaviors that you want to carry out anyway <laughs> so in in the case of it's just this will be part of woo woo bingo their their embrace of buddhism and i i say buddhism with a lot of qualifications of the Western <laughs> appearance of Buddhism, if you've read like the first two sentences about it on Wikipedia, they they love all of the um, most watered down, yeah, version. <laughs> like when I say Buddhism, I mean she basically talks about how you need to love each other. She talks about how Westerners don't understand numerous things, but in the East, people do. And then ignores all of the bits about renouncing material possessions. <laughs> the, mat- the material possessions part yeah. of Buddhism was just objectively <laughs> wrong. So Gautama Buddha knew of the secret. I'm pretty sure in this book she says explicitly that like, he actually knew of the secret, the one that she is writing about in this book. However, yeah. he must have just not communicated the bit about it being cool to want a $4 million house. In his formulation of Buddhism. <laughs> so he must he got that bit wrong. That was a communication error. But a few thousand years later, Rhonda Byrne has come <laughs> in to, to fix Buddhism. She's rectified Buddhism. 
She's fixed all of the problems. And now we've got good Buddhism. We've got real Buddhism, which lets you have a new car and a new house. Real Buddhism. And flex on your neighbours <laughs> by having a 50-metre 50, 50 pool in your backyard and things like that. Yeah, she ignored the part where Gautama walked away from all of his material possessions and became an aesthetic. Yeah, but I think that was just <laughs> like a, a mistranslation <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because remember, he um, knew of the secret. Yeah, he's, he knew of the secret. And he definitely that, knew of the secret. That means he would have been fine with... Like, of, of course he would have used the secret. That's what he wanted. To, yeah. He could have just, used the secret to get even richer. Yeah, he which he did. But, but people just forgot to write it down. So she made like... Tens of millions of dollars off this. Thing, right? She must have yeah. made so yeah. much money off this book and movie. Do you know, she's Australian as well. I didn't realise she was Australian because um, she speaks with a kind of funny accent in interviews. She's originally, I'm pretty sure she's from Melbourne as well, which makes me extremely proud to be from the same city as Rhonda Byrne. Yeah, she's, yeah, she lives in like a $23 million house. Like... Yeah, all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, man, you can make a crazy amount of money as a self-help guru, can't you? I just think I'm <laughs> Why too... are you doing this podcast, Jack? I constantly ask myself, <laughs> why are we doing this podcast? Why don't we just sell out and People... just become like a cult, cult leaders or self-help gurus or something? <laughs> well, the, the thing is... <laughs> I'm making so much money. <laughs> I just get the feeling that Rhonda Byrne is... I'm sure there's a great deal of, um, of confirmation bias when it comes to Rhonda Byrne, but I just don't know how cynical she is. With a lot of these people, I get the impression that they're tr- true believers. Okay, so what, like John Armstrong, the yeah. water of life guy. Yeah. I don't think Robert of, Kiyosaki He had a lot of woo-woo. I'm sure there was a lot of, just, just the fact that his self-image and presumably his livelihood depended on him talking up woo-woo piss drinking. But, mm. but I also think he was <laughs> sincere. <laughs> On some level, I, I don't, yeah, you don't, maybe you don't drink your own urine. I, I'm your referring specifically. Life if you're not sincere. <laughs> maybe he's an outlier. I'm specifically but- referring to to the um to the money to the money based mm. gurus. So maybe mm, not mm. the maybe not the you know like an, a homeopath or something, or even somebody who's into the, all the like um meridians in the body, Chinese mm. medicine stuff. I imagine that. Probably, like, you can probably make a decent living off that, but you're not going to make you're not going to make three hundred million bucks off that. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, nice like that. Um, <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm sure there's, there are large homeopathic so companies. <laughs> so but many a single books. book, the big self help guru books are like The Secret, um, Conquer the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. I think is that Conquer the Giant or and harness the power within your knowledge of Tony Robbins lore something is giant surprisingly within. extensive. I don't know nearly as much yeah. about Tony Robbins as you. But his other big book is um, Money Master the Game, <laughs> <laughs> um, where he tells you how to manage your money in a way that he doesn't manage his money. So, mm. like, I don't know. I think the money ones, just people are so desperate for money that you can sell money-making books to people out the wazoo. Yeah, and it it tends to have weight loss as an adjunct. 
It's it's weight loss and making money. <laughs> yeah, this one. And <laughs> the difference is if you're selling to men, broadly speaking, the money bit will be emphasized. And it's like, oh, and by the way, you can shred down for summer. Yeah. And if it's to women, it tends to be weight loss emphasized. But also you can make fat stacks on the side while you're losing weight. You, you have both elements. You've got the yin and the yang. It's just the, the emphasis is slightly <laughs> It's. It, I think it's really you focus on... Um, if you wanted to become like a self-help guru, you just got to pick one, at least one. I mean, in The Secret, she covers all of them, but you've got to pick at least one major insecurity that people have. Yeah, Money, yeah, yeah. And looks, weight, um, relationships and love. Mm, mm. Sex would probably be a big mm. one. Fucking In The Secret, she just goes after all of them. Yeah. <laughs> she she like, sex explicitly. <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't saying, oh, no. you can... Yeah, you can wish to be a demon in bed and the universe will vibrate that frequency. Right <laughs> but you can put three inches on your dick just by wishing it. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> just think about having a having a python cock. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing no I've joking. read in this book suggests that you couldn't actually do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the universe will make it happen. Magnetically pull your dick out. <laughs> Yeah, um, we'll we'll get into the mechanics of why this is the case, but it's just important to bear in mind that you can't be thinking, I wish, you know, I feel bad because I don't have an inconveniently large penis. What you've got to be thinking is, no, I've got an inconveniently large penis that no woman will ever enjoy sex with this. I'm not able to walk in a straight line. No pants will fit me. And you've, you've got to believe it. Just really drill down on that thought. And then, and then one day you'll you wake up these, and you'll have a giant dick. frequencies out, and then the universe reflects the frequencies back. And before you know it, you'll, you'll be effectively disabled. <laughs> you'll disable yourself as you seek So there's one... Um, I guess thing before we describe woo woo bingo, which is good. Just before we jump into the rules of woo 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 bingo, was, I guess what's kind of funny about this it it sort of makes my cold little unconverted heart shrink a little bit more. Um, <laughs> is that she wrote this book and then she did in fact get exactly what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like. I think the the contents of the book are a horse shit, but it's almost like the structure of the book is brilliant. And I don't, I don't just mean the the table of contents or something like that. I mean the context within which she wrote the book, marketed it, sold it. That's brilliant. She clearly knew what she was doing and probably still knows what she's doing. So you have to give her that. She's obviously she, a brilliant marketer. She knows she's how to make a lot of money. Yeah, it's really crazy. She is actually just unbelievably good at making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I don't know how much overlap there is between how she tells you to make money in the secret and how she went about making money. Yeah, she didn't just wish for there to be money. She wrote a book. My guess is there was a there was a lot more hard work behind the scenes than oh well, I just wished to the universe that I'd have a really successful book. Yeah, that's the thing. She didn't just think, I want $100 million. She 
went and wrote a book and then went out and marketed the fuck out of it <laughs> and then made a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't just, yeah. So anyways, woo-woo bing- bingo. Woo-woo bingo, yeah. So we've been developing an objective measure of woo-woo-ness called woo-woo bingo. And hopefully this will be, this will be a way for us to compare, to rank the woo-woo-ness of different woo-woo books or non-woo-woo books because there's, there's a bit of woo-woo in everything. But some things are certainly more woo-woo dense than others. And woo-woo bingo will allow us to objectively <laughs> measure that in arbitrary woo-woo units. So, so how it works this is very complex. Basically, we've got a bunch of dot points and the book gets a point for each, each dot point that, that comes up. And the, these points are, so far, capital U universe crystals. Quantum physics, frequencies or vibrations, harmony, vague references to Gautama Buddha or Hinduism, Albert Einstein quotes, beads, face crystals, advertisements for online courses or in-person workshops, mystery degrees, because <laughs> half these people, are, at least in this book, are doctors, and I just can't find mentions of their PhDs or MDs online. Or like Don Paris' PhD, <laughs> just, it's just not possible to find what his doctorate was in. Now his PhD was from like some woo woo horse. horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, vague references to cells, stories of a vaguely defined incurable disease being cured using the author's preferred woo woo technique, references to ancient knowledge, understanding, methods, or wisdom, references to non-Western wisdom, being anti-shoe or pro-grounding, anti-vaccine. Natural remedies, dowsing. In pictures, the if it's a, a um, husband-wife duo, the wife has big earrings and the husband has a beard and long hair. Linen clothes. And so th- this could just be a linen shirt or linen pants, but if you've got the shirt and pants, white linen the whole way down, that's very, very potently. You get a woo-woo. multiplier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That... The spiritual energies from that outfit are, are quite intense. They're very dangerous if you're not adequately versed in woo-woo to wear all linen. Orbs. <laughs> they really like orbs and spheres. I don't know how to describe this. I, th- I call it LSD patterns, but I'm not saying that, like, say, Rhonda Byrne has taken LSD, but you know in the background of a lot of the videos of woo-woo people, it looks like maybe 2002-era mm. mm. iTunes visualizer. It's like really, really mm, fluorescent mm. colors, kind of fractally crystal patterns, that sort of thing. If there's a picture of a person with those visuals behind them, that's a point on the woo-woo scale. Sacred shapes. This is fairly broad. They're just like any sort of you know, dodecahedron or something like that with some symbols on it that they claim has, <laughs> has mystical relevance. Sacred shapes. Sacred shapes. Or like, yeah, yeah a bunch of or triangles fractals. and things like that. That includes that fractals. Say, yeah, yeah. Fractals can definitely fit into that. Sacred shapes is quite yeah, an all-encompassing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of category. fractals also fits into LSD as well. But yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. You roll those two together, or maybe each of those is just half a point. And then finally, dolphins or whales. <laughs> they talk about <laughs> they really like dolphins or whales. Love dolphins and whales yeah. or orcas. Although I suppose yeah. that's a type of. They whale, don't like fish so. much. No. Fish are. 
they're, they're they're kind of the usurpers of the oceans, aren't they? Yeah, maybe. Are there any other animals that they seem to have? I think no. It really is a dolphin's whale sort of. It's thing, mammalian. They really like. They they like yeah. aquatic mammals. What about seals? They don't talk about seals much because <laughs> those are those are no, also aquatic don't. mammals. And seals are pretty just, smart. Yeah, they're pretty smart, but for some reason they don't capture the woo woo imagination, like like dolphins and whales. <laughs> there was a uh, there was an ABC News report about Neil the seal coming up Neil in, in a town here in Tasmania. So there's these fucking seals down here in Hobart, one of which is particularly famous called Neil the Seal, who's a big fat fuck, who it's comes up into um, the town of Kingston and, like, just causes havoc. He commits, like, property crime. He broke this woman's <laughs> mailbox. And that that deserved an entire, like, five-minute news report from the ABC. <laughs> <laughs> you see how smart they are? Why don't the woo-woo people like Neil the Seal? <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll use the secret for, is I'll, I'll bring seals into the woo-woo canon. You can have the holy woo-woo trinity of, of aquatic mammals. Of you can have the Father, Son, mammals, and Holy yeah. Spirit of um, whales, dolphins, and seals. Mammals. Yeah. So, okay. So, what is the secret? I'll 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 start mm. out. This is the first thing in the book to give you a taste of of the secret to get people excited for learning what the secret is because Byrne really talks up how big this is going to be. This book is very strange because I felt like I was being at it's an advertisement for the book I'm already reading. It's like okay, you've got to go out and learn <laughs> about the secret while you're reading the book, The Secret. I get, I, I wonder with so particularly with as you were saying money associated woo-woo people. I wonder if they're just so habituated to constantly advertising that they can't switch it off, even when someone is consuming a product that they have already been sold. It might be that. It might be that Byrne is so used to upselling everything that she even upsells you while you're reading her book to buy her book. (laughs) Anyway, I quote, It has been passed down through the ages, highly coveted, hidden, lost, stolen, and bought for vast sums of money. This centuries-old secret has been understood by some of the most prominent people in history. Plato, Galileo, Beethoven, Edison, Carnegie, Einstein, along with other inventors, theologians, scientists, and great thinkers. Now the secret is being revealed to the world. Byrne is here to bring the secret to the world. She has a really messianic self-image. <laughs> yeah, she's here. And when she says that these people were aware of the secret, I'm pretty sure she really seems to be insinuating that not merely were they aware of some vague some vague feature of the uni- or some feature of the universe that allowed them to get whatever they want. They were aware of the secret as Byrne formulates it. Yeah. So you actually had Plato in the Academy who was aware of capital T the capital S secret that Byrne would write about and release a book on in 2006. Which is, that's a wild thought that, that he knew about the secret. That's pretty Wait, good. did she? Did she? Oh, yeah, that's right. She said that she had some teacher or something that, like, taught her the secret, right? Oh, a number of, a number of teachers. How about we go yeah. over her origin story? Yeah. <laughs> she was a film producer. Should we, should we say film what the producer. secret actually is? Or should we talk about her origin story first? Should we pump up how, how important and how is? magnificent the secret is? Guys, did you know? Listen here. Listen here. Yeah. We're about to relay to you the most life-changing piece of information that you've ever come across. Yeah, you can have literally anything. 
this will, and this is if based you don't on want to wait mechanics. for a parking spot ninety five percent of the time. Then <laughs> have we got something to tell you? <laughs> Do you want to make three hundred million dollars? This is probably going to be the highest yield sales. podcast you ever listened to. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to come on this podcast with us because you're such big fans? All you need to do is apply the secret. Maybe you could be sitting here with Jack and I. <laughs> you could be sitting in my laundry recording with me. <laughs> Burn, Burn tells her origin story. She says, she says a year ago. I'm not sure if this is a year before writing the secret or before publication, but that, that doesn't really matter. So a year ago... Burns' father had died suddenly. She was overworked. Her relationships were in turmoil. So she was in a really bad place. Her daughter gave her a book. In uh, I don't know what book this is. She just says it's a book. The Science of Getting so Rich. Her daughter gave her a by, book um, in, which, in which Burn learned of the secret. It was Wisdom of the Dolphins, Unlocking the Secrets <laughs> of the Holographic Universe by Elena Selka. And in this book, Burn learned of the secret, which was known by... Plato, Shakespeare, Newton, Beethoven, Lincoln, Emerson, Edison, Einstein, and others. Uh, it's, it's really funny how whenever she mentions all the people who know the secret, there are a few who are always there. Uh, Einstein is Einstein always is there. Always and there. Uh, this, this, this is Woo Woo Bingo. They, woo Woo people love Einstein. Love Einstein. They fucking love Just Einstein. Loves him. Because he's, he's the combination of... He's, he's involved... In developing quantum field theory, which is, you know, it's important for physics, but it's more important for woo woo because it allows them to say that anything you think is true. Because as it allows them to say whatever know, they want, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to just whatever they position. want, because they can say something about our oh, multiple realities, the multiverse. It has been demonstrated that consciousness is is innate to generating reality, the and therefore effect. whatever the consciousness yeah. thinks just changes reality to reflect that. All of these things are are definitely supported by by quantum physics because everybody. Hence, why woo woo people love it. Because you know that, like, if you've ever tried to read a book on like quantum computation, quantum information theory, or like quantum field theory, or anything like that, you know it's just very easy the and intuitive does to what understand. You want it to. And so, therefore, like, you know that, like, if this person, I don't know. Ilana Selkie <laughs> or Don Paris PhD were to pick up a graduate level textbook in quantum physics that they would understand it very easily and that they're definitely really, really <laughs> trustworthy sources to be well, interpreting quantum Burn physics. Burn has gotten out ahead of this <laughs> this baseless criticism of yours. No, I'm not criticizing anybody. Using the secret, <laughs> using the secret she read graduate textbooks in quantum With <laughs> in no quantum prior background in physics. And understood them easily because she has them. used the secret. Her knowledge of the secret let her understand it. <laughs> you know who I think is one of the people who's Which responsible? I guess means that now that we've read The Secret, we could probably just sit graduate exams. In, yeah, well, I understand quantum, quantum physics, physics, couldn't we? I already understand it. I basically I understand it now. I already understand it. So you've okay. So so here we go. Here's here's quantum physics. I'm about to tell everyone quantum <laughs> physics in like thirty seconds. I'll, I'll I'll wait for my Nobel Prize. So all right, you got the universe right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's all in your the head, universe. Yeah, right. The universe, it's, it's, it's in your head, but your part, but, but your head Whoa, is part man. of the universe because we're all we're all one, you know. So you got the universe in your head. Your head's in it's the like universe. My universe is when you the think head a thought of my your universe. Thoughts, your thoughts are vibrations, right? 
because we're all vibrations, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I just energy. It. Yeah. There's, and there's, and what's energy? I do energy feel a buzz a right now. <laughs> a vibration of what? It does it like it doesn't matter what's vibrating, all right? Just a vibration. You've got a vibration. You've got a frequency. Yeah. Something's vibrating and it has a frequency, okay? This is science. <laughs> this is scientific. We're using scientific terms. <laughs> and because it's connected to science, but to a science that the author likes, that makes it correct. That's I'm pretty Popper wrote a whole book about this. All right. <laughs> this is how it works. And Albert Einstein. So, Therefore. So you, as part of the universe. <laughs> You're, you're vibrating this frequency of your thought of something you want, and then the universe vibrates it back at you. But the universe, when it vibrates something, makes it real. Okay? Because like, like attracts so, like, except for electrons and if I'm vibrate, If I'm vibrating, <laughs> I'm vibrating. I really hope NFTs become central to video games. I'm just vibrating it in my head. It's going to happen. I'm vibrating it. I'm vibrating. I want to be a, a play to earn pay piggy. And then, then no, no. Actually, no, I, I want someone to sign up to the $60,000 Patreon tier. I'm vibrating right yeah, now actually, in my head. That's that, a much better vibration. I've changed that Sam Marzano gives a $60,000 worth of Solana. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want FTT. I hear FTT are really good tokens to hold right now, so great. That's what I'm wanting. Yeah, well, they they can only go up, can't they? (laughs) They can only only one direction they can go. (laughs) (laughs) go (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so the universe vibrates this back at you, and okay, so this is. Actually, I have, how about I leave my mechanical problems or my mechanical questions as to how this works for when we talk about what the secret is in more detail. I basically just said what the secret was. You think things and those thoughts are vibrations and the universe vibrates that vibration back at you. But when... So even though we're also the universe, when we vibrate things, all that is is like a request to the universe to send us... To, to vibrate something into existence. So there can't be perfect homogeneity in the universe, actually, like she seems to make out, because there must be parts of the universe that when they vibrate only send requests and others that when they vibrate make things real, like actualize stuff. No, that's not how it works, Jack. I want, I want a much more... I want a no, more no, mechanically no, 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 autistic no. version you, of the secret. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm vibrating vibrate, right now. It's just the world is just vibrating and then you get $300 million. That's how it works. If you vibrate a book about making money with your mind, you'll get paid a bunch of money by a bunch of fucking idiots. He's so fucking good. (laughs) If I could just vibrate $300 million into my bank account right now, (laughs) I would become the world's foremost proponent of the secret if I had. I guess I guess you would if you actually if you were Ron the Burn, you probably would be thinking, "This is amazing! I did it." Next time I open up the NetBank app and see three hundred million dollars in my bank account, so this is yeah, uh, that'd be wild. That's, I don't actually that's know how I'd react to that. Having that much money, I just shit myself in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Open up your bank app and just shit yourself. Standing in the middle of like 
Bourke Street in the middle of Melbourne or something. <laughs> oh, he read the secret. <laughs> Starts shitting himself. <laughs> he must have read the secret. Every time someone reads the secret, the money supply increases by three hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the secret is actually the the secret's the cause of inflation. <laughs> <laughs> All through history, because the secret, the secret has always been with us. This is this is why we just got we're going to get a Nobel Prize in economics after this episode, as well as in physics. And quantum we just physics. out why inflation yeah. happens. People <laughs> learn of the secret, and they immediately get three hundred million dollars. That's so why there's the been so much inflation creating, Because yeah, the, since two thousand and six, yeah, people have been reading yeah. the secret. Before then, it was just the occasional person, like Einstein or yeah. Thomas Edison. Yeah. He knew about the secret, so he, con- he contributed to inflation. But he was probably now responsible since for the Byrne, inflation in Weimar Germany. Yeah, because yeah, he learned because Hitler, Hitler really, the secret, and that Hitler caused knew inflation, about the secret. <laughs> which which caused Hitler. So the secret is responsible for Hitler. Yeah, yeah, you I, heard it here I, first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why people listen to us because most people just don't go as deep as we do on these sorts of things. But we we think these ideas through to their logical conclusion, which is that Albert Einstein caused the hyperinflation in Weimar and is directly responsible for the Second World War. But should, doesn't that mean that We're like a whole bunch of people were becoming millionaires? I suppose a lot of people were millionaires in the Weimar, but just... It just, those, just yeah, I suppose there's a, lot of, there's a lot of millionaires in Zimbabwe as well, so... <laughs> What? Okay, so this three hundred million you get is it always denominated in in US? US it's always denominated in US dollars, even circa two thousand. Even for Plato, even Plato came up with the secret, got three hundred million <laughs> US dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and then shat his pants <laughs> whilst looking on his net bank app in the middle of Athens. <laughs> <laughs> Soiled his toga once he learned of the secret. His three hundred million dollars. <laughs> Like Rhonda Byrne appeared an apparition like Yoga, like um, Yoda from the future. <laughs> Rhonda from Byrne the future. appeared in in Athens to Plato as he shat his toga and bestowed upon him three hundred million USD. When Nick Land talks about how there's a hyper intelligence in the future, which it is, is actually Rhonda Byrne. Rhonda Byrne is the Rhonda Byrne telling people the secret and giving them three hundred million US dollars. Rhonda Byrne from their pants from the far future manifested herself in two thousand eight. Wrote a book, made filthy amounts of money, and then made Plato shit her pants. Shit his pants. Rhonda Byrne is hyperstition. Okay, Rhonda so Byrne is the Faustian soul of Western civilization like, manifesting herself to make shitloads of money. After like 20 seconds of trying to talk about how she said she discovered the secret. So, okay, so her daughter gave her a book where she learned of the secret when, when Byrne's life was just a mess. And Byrne read this book, loved it, didn't love it enough to tell us what the book was, but she wrote her own. Um, yeah, I was wondering that. I was like, which she, she's like, I read this book. And I was like, what was the book? <laughs> which book was it? Which don't just say that you read yeah, a but book. You don't, you don't, one, you don't need that book because she's given you the secret. Two, she probably wouldn't make any money off you yeah. buying the wrong book. <laughs> but <laughs> so Byrne then went around searching for people who were aware of the secret and began finding them all over the place. And 
She had, has a film and television production company, so she decided to take the secret to the world in film. She went around the US filming a bunch of the teachers of the secret, so these people who were aware of the secret, um, interviewed them, chopped up those interviews, spliced them together. That's the secret, the, the movie. Upon release, a lot of people wrote in telling Byrne that they'd used the secret to manifest lots of money, health, recovery from, from being nearly dead, all of these really, really good things. Um, shitting their pants. She also wrote a book. It's like, yeah, just I read shitting themselves and getting I $300 million. Dollars. I thought about how much I wanted to shit my pants. <laughs> I shat my pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, because we're methodologically very, very disciplined here, we, I probably should offer the qualification that I'm just saying that I would shit my pants, no matter where I was, if I opened up my <laughs> bank account and I had $300 million in there. Um, so an assumption of our model is that other people would do this, that my response is generalizable. But can you use the secret we've got- to make things happen in other people's lives? Like, could I... Try to manifest via the law of attraction could. for you to shit your pants. <laughs> I really want Jack okay, no, to Okay, shit his so pants. I quote, no, to that I quote, <laughs> there isn't a single thing that you cannot do with this knowledge. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. The secret can give you whatever you want. So if, if you truly, really wanted me to shit my pants, you, you could I think do everybody that. who's listening that, to this that podcast falls within right the now bounds of whatever you want. Manifesting that Jack shits his pants, and if at some point in the coming weeks, Jack, if you shit your pants, you have to let us know on the podcast if we successfully manifest it. <laughs> Even better, let's manifest that Jack shits his toga. So for some reason, Jack starts wearing a toga. <laughs> yeah, that would probably be the strongest proof of concept. So I did have another question. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I had another question that came up just reading this book because I I was doing my best to take it seriously. I was like, hey, come on, like, be reasonable, <laughs> Levi. Don't be dismissive, you know, all this sort of stuff. So, okay, yeah. but if you have two people who are, like, manifesting the opposite thing at one another, like two things mm. that are mutually exclusive, how does the universe resolve that? Is there somebody who's like more pure or like more manifest power or something? Or because we live in a giant multiverse thing, do they both get to be true in a different section of the multiverse? But she doesn't okay, believe so there, in the there are multiple theoretical directions we could take this in. One, like you mentioned, because quantum physics is is whatever quantum you want physics it to lets be. you basically say whatever you want yeah. and it's scientifically true. So yeah, there true. are definitely multi. There's a multiverse. And so, generated if two by my mind in one universe start start trying to manifest diametrically opposed things, then the universe will split, and then I don't know. I guess each has their own universe where the thing they wanted, where you know, the the parking spot that both of them were going for, yeah, is available to each respective. Like Jack is like, I don't um, want to shit my pants. Manifesto. Everybody else is like, we want you to shit your pants. Jack yeah. his own little universe. Well, it's good that you bring that up because that brings up the second mechanism that I think, <laughs> according to my close reading of The Secret, could resolve this apparent contradiction. So, and a few, she talks about how when you manifest something, you want to attach feelings to it because feelings supercharge your vibration. 
Mm, when you're yeah. vibrating to the universe, so really the universe feelings. will vibrate it's your thing back. Your to feelings you. are evidence. And then of the she says that vibrating. love, love makes the vibration the strongest. Yeah. So implicit in that is that there is a there's a hierarchy of vibrational power. I don't know if it's well. Okay. So if the vibration is the same, presumably the frequency remains constant, but the amplitude changes. So the amplitude yep. of whatever vibrational medium you've i don't fucking know what's vibrating but the amplitude of whatever it is 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 higher and love the f- is jack the, jack, the, the frequency limit. is vibrating <laughs> the frequency is vibrating so yeah, that's what's vibrating. Stop with all your nonsense. <laughs> the, frequency <laughs> the frequency is vibrating, and energy. And the love, energy and the frequency. I'm assuming is that vibrating. love love leads to the, the the greatest possible amplitude of the vibrating frequency. The highest level energy state of an electron when it's struck by a UV is love. I guess implicit is that the amplitude of your vibration the amplitude and the frequency of your vibration will be reciprocated by the universe so it it logically follows that the universe is going to reciprocate the frequency of your vibration because the frequency according to the secret the book the secret is is assigned to a particular desire so desires manifest as set frequencies and presumably each separate desire is assigned to a different frequency. And the intensity of this desire is proportional to the amplitude. And the universe is going to reciprocate the frequency and amplitude. So if you wanted me to shit my pants, suppose, and I, I didn't, then the person who, who expresses that frequency with a greater amplitude will get what they want. Are like they the on the universe, same frequency? The universe is going to are those are those two things. But what if I oh, so what if okay, I am So but okay. What so if I am manifesting these, okay, this so out of love? What if like I want you to shit your pants phase? because I love you so much? <laughs> pure love. Because the joy that okay, shitting your so pants I just would bring I found you. I found an assumption in my in my reasoning that <laughs> is, is very embarrassing. As someone who's so committed to academic discipline when it comes to talking about the secret <laughs> a tiny circulation podcast dedicated to reading fringe literature. Although this is not fringe at all, actually. This is this, no, this is, is so one of the most mainstream it's books it's on the planet. That this is one of the most normy books we've read for this podcast, and it's also one of the dumbest. I think it is the most normy. If you mean by normy, like if if a, if a measure of normality is popularity, which I I suppose it would be a reasonable yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I think this is the most popular book we've ever read. Oh, maybe not as popular as the Bible. Um, Bible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give the Bible too much or the secret for the um, would I Jesus recommend didn't this make book or not? Dollars. The Bible is a lot better than the secret. <laughs> Do you reckon Jesus knew what the secret was? It's dramatically better. <laughs> yeah, G- Jesus definitely knew what the secret was. These people love. Were people love taking Jesus and basically making him into a twenty first century liberal? That's that's something I've noticed. It's very common with woo-woo books. 
anyway, um, okay. So the my my assumption was that when you're vibrating that you want me to shit my pants, and I'm vibrating that I don't want to shit my pants, those frequencies cancel out. But that that doesn't actually have to be the case. So that that was an assumption on my part. They could have completely different frequencies, in which case, if they're both directed towards the same object, so my large bow, for example. Your colon. If they're both directed towards my Does it matter the precision? Should I be aiming like at your rectum or should I be aiming at your colon? They both hit the universe and then the universe vibrates a message to me that is... That's just an addition of those two waves. So you have, you'll have signal interference taking place. Or do I receive both of these vibrations separately and whichever has the stronger, like the higher amplitude overrides the other? So, yeah. So do we, do we get interference or not of these frequencies? Yeah. What's the interference? That's a really important like? question. That, yeah. That, Rondeburn didn't address in this book, which I find really upsetting. <laughs> I think you have a probability distribution. It, just, it makes being a secret scholar that much harder when we don't have firm rules as to how this works. Well, it's the beginning of infinity. She started the um, actual <laughs> academic discipline of understanding the secret. It just started with her. David Deutsch's <laughs> third book is going to be about... And the, an expansion the of the beginning of, of, of the secret, the wave function the of wave the secret. wave functions of the secret. He's actually working on a textbook of an introduction to quantum physics, um, which I'm very excited for him to an release. Introduction to and the it obviously starts out with a dedication to Rhonda Burns. <laughs> The entire, the entire thing is just going to be answering our, our questions, our notational questions about the secret, how to represent the frequencies and amplitudes of various wishes. So if we assign Jack's rectum as one parameter of the universal observable, we can figure out that in like this part of the universe, he does in fact shit his pants. So, okay, so this could be experimentally proven so we could just have we could have groups of people wishing to have me shit my pants and groups of people wishing not to in various combinations so say it could be one person and one person both wishing you know a wish counter wish and seeing what happens and then say two people wishing the wish and one counter wish and seeing what happens mm, we could we set could, up like we could at a, least get a... experimental data to start approximating this. Or you can approximate the function of like, yeah, okay, cool. Interesting. This is, okay, this is a soluble problem. So Byrne didn't, she, she carried out, okay, so she carried out valuable thought experiments, but it could be up to us to provide empirical data and begin moving towards a theoretical framework to, you know, I was a bit worried that we wouldn't have enough to talk about for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're both dumb enough. We're 45 minutes in and we're on like the first page of the secret. There's really not that much to this. Okay, should we actually... Okay, okay. There is so little to this book. Can I just just, just shout out to Robert try? Should we try really hard to stay on topic and... And say what the secret is? The secret... Like we have sort of... Yeah. But it's it's called the law of attraction. That's what she's called. It's the law, the of, law attraction. of attraction. And 
without getting into the mechanics of it because it's you know it's early in the field of us understanding and we don't have all the answers mm, yet mm. but we know it is our best theory of it is our best explanation of of the universe it unifies <laughs> relativity and quantum mechanics <laughs> it unifies everything it, it unifies, unifies everything. everything under the aegis of woo woo quantum mechanics <laughs> um and uh yeah it's basically it's just, if you if you think something good you'll get it if you think something bad you'll get it and the reason why is because yeah. your thoughts vibrate at a particular frequency. <laughs> what are they vibrating? We don't know, just the vibration. And somehow that goes out <laughs> into the universe instantaneously and causes things to happen in the universe. And then the universe projects that back into your own life in very vague and haphazard ways. <laughs> yeah. And it, it does feel a little bit arbitrary to me. So it was what I was hinting at earlier before we got distracted, like... Five times, which is highly unusual for us. Um, I don't conceptually quite understand. She says, so this is, this is, I don't think this is actually, I didn't include this in, in um, Woo Woo Bingo, but I should definitely add this. We are all one. Oh, yeah, so of course. Yeah. She says that yeah. we, are, we are all the universe. You know, we're all actually the same. We're all just expressions of the universal medium, which is fine. We're all expressions but, of the secret. Of the secret, yeah. Which is the vibration of the frequency. Yeah. I just, I don't understand. So if we are, if we're the universe, we are the universe, capital U universe, because universe is always a proper noun in this book to make- We're to, all the universe. To make sure that it's not some mundane, boring, yeah. lowercase universe that no one gets excited about. This is the cool universe. Should you scream universe whenever you're referring to it in that way? We are the universe. I could, but there are a lot of echoes, and there are a lot of echoes in the room that I'm recording in. I haven't secreted away the shitty, echoey nature of this room. Okay, so she hasn't quite, to my mind, separated why certain things, so why particularly human consciousnesses, don't just immediately manifest vibrations when they vibrate. A desire because we're we are of the universe and so when we in our minds vibrate a desire mm. why isn't it immediately manifested why is there any time interval between when we vibrate something which is the universe it is in the universe because we are the universe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why does there need to be they she keeps using the analogy of i think it's like a mobile phone tower or something like that it's like you know you transmit this mm. signal and then it bounces back to you because mm. that's that's what happens with the mo with, with mobile <laughs> phones. They just reflect. They're just reflecting your voice back at you. You're just talking to yourself. She's like, it's it's a reflection, but it's also but, a magnet. You're like broadcasting stuff, and you're magnet magnetically bring it. To oh you. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there, like, there's make a lot of your mind. Is it attractive or is it repulsive? You and fuck. then magnets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think so. The problem, the problem is, you've been schooled. Levi's done more physics than I have, and he's been therefore more corrupted by uh, the non-unified theory of physics than I have. The that's true. The and Einstein because uh, okay, so Thomas Kuhn Einstein because he's does take so a much time in this for paradigms to refer to so much. I'm presuming that may I'm into old school. He basically unified physics, didn't he? He claimed that in his lifetime repeatedly. He claimed repeatedly, I have unified physics. Who Deepak I think that's Chopra. a direct quote yeah. of Einstein's. Yeah. It's on his, it's on his headstone. <laughs> I, I unified, unified physics. I unified physics, and he, yeah. he unified it as the secret. 
<laughs> which he was aware of in the form that burnt was. <laughs> I, just, I just love particularly the historical aspect of this book that claiming all these historical figures were were aware of not merely the secret in a general sense, but specifically that which she lays out in her book. That's why I think she she I I'm suspicious that she is just cynical. So like some of the stuff that she says to me just seems like you don't actually there's no way that you can actually believe this. I yeah, it's hard to say because there's the obvious lack of concordance with reality of the secret in at least in 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 my life, but but for her, she she published this and and made three hundred million dollars gross in sales. According to a Wikipedia page, she read "The Science of Getting Rich: The Proven Mental Program to a Life of Wealth" by Wallace D. Wattles. That's the book that apparently her daughter recommended to her. And she realized that it's not the content of Wallace D. Waddle's book that made him rich, but it was writing the book itself. She realized, oh, I can make a shitload of money by writing one of these books. Mm. So she read and wrote the fucking book. And she went and saw it, just like Robert um, Kiyosaki, just like a bunch of these other fucks who are just so cynical, they know that they can just sell bullshit about getting rich to people who are desperate for money, um, getting rich or whatever. It's, it's almost inevitably always about getting rich. Um, and people will lap that shit up and then they will get rich. It's like a self-fulfilling prof- prophecy. Okay, so for us, do you think people... That's why I think we should just become get rich quick financial theories. advice from from us. So like how to get those book club from hell dollars. Yeah, yeah, because we're how rolling. To, how in to cash, get a right? lavish lifestyle. <laughs> like like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think look, if we just included enough references to quantum physics and Einstein quotes, then look, maybe someone would buy it. <laughs> I feel like that reminds we could, me. It, it, we could. I published a novel called Tower. That is I published all about a novel making called money. Tower. And if you're listening to this, you should, you buy, should that. buy it. <laughs> this is how this is how I can me- I can get my three hundred million dollars. <laughs> buy my book on Amazon. Tower by Jack BC. It stands for Jack Big Cock. It's the best book you'll ever <laughs> type read. In, type in Tower by Jack. That's an Big Albert Cock. Einstein quote. <laughs> Albert Einstein read Tower and he loved it. Plato read it, loved it. In its exact Buddha form, read it, the loved Tower. It. Jesus, Jesus also read it and loved it. Jack manifested the Tower. It's actually, it's one of the, the apocrypha that the, the Catholic hands. Church suppressed because they were worried that I'd become more famous and powerful than them. Thomas Aquinas was like, they got, Tower. They got rid of the so gospel good. according By to Jack, Jack which is actually just Jesus <laughs> giving a really positive review, giving a five-star Amazon review of Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is like, anyway, Eloi, Eloi, why is this book so good? Please go search Tower <laughs> by Jack BC on Amazon.com and <laughs> forgive them. For they have not read the book yet. <laughs> he was crucified. He was crucified for shilling the book too much in Jerusalem. <laughs> Pontius Pilate was like, We've already already read it, mate. It's a great book. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Pontius Pilate was also like strong Ocker accent from like Western Sydney or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dismas was crucified b- beside Jesus because he was one of the few people who hadn't read Tower. <laughs> and they were blasting one four. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's let's stay on topic. <laughs> um, 
Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to point out was the the layout of this book is really fucking weird. And okay, if if a book is from a self-published author who did their own editing, then I'm pretty forgiving when it comes to formatting weirdness or spelling errors and things like that. Like, it's really, really hard to get rid of these things, particularly if you're doing it yourself. But this book had a lot of money behind it, and there are just some formatting inconsistencies that really bugged me. They keep they keep changing between Oxford commas and just and not having any comma mm, in the mm, in the titles mm. of different people in this book and the titles of the various mm. teachers that they're quoting. And it's just like presumably this book had numerous rounds of edits and things like that. And they they just let weird shit slip through. This has money behind it. Uh, you don't have an excuse <laughs> for it to be just amateur hour. Yeah, yeah, like come on. And this is also the tenth anniversary. Well, sorry, I had the tenth anniversary edition, and they didn't remove. Yeah, they keep republishing this <laughs> and looking at the fucking weird formatting of it. You're like, yeah, that looks good. Looks good to me. Anyway, um, what I was saying before I got sidetracked was that this book is structured as Byrne has got twenty or twenty you know, something teachers, scholars, even of the secret that she talked to in her trip around the United States in gathering people up to talk about the secret. And the book is structured where each of these teachers has, like, a symbol associated with them. And Byrne will be writing about the secret and then interpolating her text will be, like, the symbol, like, this person's picture. It'll be scales or a typewriter or something, a person dancing, that sort of thing their name and a quote of theirs responding to what Byrne has said and then Byrne will keep writing. And some of these people, so these people are introduced through the text and some of their job titles are just so good. Everyone is an international speaker. Almost everyone is a philosopher. Almost everyone is a marketing specialist and almost everyone is an author. So here we go. So Bob Proctor, for example, whose symbol is a key. He's a philosopher, author, and personal coach. Dr. Joe Vitale, I couldn't find what his doctorate was on. Um, Another point in woo-woo bingo, but Dr. Joe Vitale is represented by Scales. He's a metaphysician, marketing specialist, and an author. It's uh, John Asaraf is an entrepreneur and money-making expert. Dr. John DiMartini is a philosopher, chiropractor, Healer and personal transformation specialist. Some of the some of these are great. Okay, so like let's let's look uh, through so some of their biographies. Okay, Michael Michael Beckwith Michael Bernard Beckwith. What's his book? Oh, Spiritual Liberation, two thousand and eight. The answer is you, two thousand and nine. Life Visioning, two thousand and eight. Oh wow. Who would have thought that's the kind of okay? Who else? Who else? Vision, vision. Uh, that John, should be in Woo Woo Bingo. John Asaraf is having it all. Inner size, yeah, inner size is in like exercise, but like inside of yourself. Um, the complete <laughs> vision board and having it all, or and unlock your hidden brain. Do, do you think there's a bit of like there's a bit of a a, a uh, like a pattern coming out here. Okay, Lee, each books. Lee Brower, <laughs> what did he do? He also 
Oh, he's got a book called Empowered Wealth, <laughs> The Brower Quadrant, another book. Yeah, it sounds like this is a bunch of like self-help money gurus self-referencing one another because they know the people who are captured by this market are just going to go and read all their books and so they can just pimp one another to each other's audiences. <laughs> yeah, from a marketing perspective, it's it's great. I can't, I can't believe it's made fucking $300 million. Oh, my God. And that was like, that was like <laughs> ten years ago or more. It's it's probably a multi billion dollar book at this point. The thing that blows my mind though is that well, there there are several things that blow my mind. But how in this movement, they really like Buddhism. They really like Buddhism, and they really like the um, a certain interpretation of Jesus. But the both both of those the prosperity both Christianity and Buddhism. They they kind of throw into a blender to make them both say, "You should make as much money as you want, and that should be your purpose." It's one thing that really struck me about the secret is how incredibly crass it is. Yeah, it's just yeah. nonstop talking about how not how you want to be and you should be wealthier, thinner. You should have a more attractive partner. All this stuff is yeah. there in the background. It's so unbelievably crass. Yeah, so that's so to be honest. And it's just it's very strange that yep. they I mean, I'm I'm sure they didn't derive it from Buddhism, but they at least claim in part it is inspired by Buddhism, which doesn't really ring true. Not at all. <laughs> it seems like a slight misreading of it. To to be honest, the reason why I, I actually really don't like this book as you know, it's it's not it's, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not a difficult book to read. It's very easy to read. Um but the reason why I don't like it, and uh, I'm st- still suspicious that's very cynical, is because it just has picked. It's almost like, like you know what the insecurities people have that you can like hone in on, and she's just picked like the top like four or five mm. and just mm. honed in on those. And like, um, to me, it feels like there are aspects which I. I can say are like good, like people, you know, like positive thinking is good and, you know, like don't always look on the negative side of things, try to look on the positive side of things and that sort of stuff. Fine, whatever. Mm. But there's also, I feel like there's almost this predatory undercurrent to these sorts of books where it's really preying on people's insecurities. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because one thing I noticed was not merely do they talk about getting more money, but being free of debt. Yeah, particularly, yeah, that's a good one. Because you know As how many read Americans this book, have like I'd... ridiculous, oh, and Australians have a ridiculous amount of like credit well, cards, Australians, and, and Australian like car debt and stuff. Yeah, pretty crazy, especially with interest yeah. rates now. American and Australian, I don't know about, them, but Australia is pretty bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, reading through it, I definitely got an image of the sort of person that this book is aimed at, and like you were saying, the sort of person to whose insecurities this book is really, really calibrated. So someone who isn't making as much money as they'd want, has debt that is really stressing them out, someone who's not happy with their appearance, someone who's not happy with their relationships, someone who who doesn't feel that their their life means very much because throughout this book she's constantly talking about how you're going to find your purpose, someone who probably doesn't enjoy their moment-to-moment existence very much because so much of this book is about you've got to feel good in the moment. You've got to feel good about you 
And that that is anterior to the universe delivering to you all of these things. First, you've got to feel good, and then you get all this stuff. It, yeah, viewed from that perspective, it's very Yeah, predatory. the person that you just described is the person that I'm thinking of who I know owns a copy of this book, a family member of mine who oh, basically just ticks every single one of those boxes, like financial issues, health issues, insecurities, mm. like every single one of those things, relationship issues, and and like this book does not help that person at all. Just like is just like yeah. fuel and on, so, top like, those, on top of those issues. <laughs> so I think it's just that's why I can't help but think it's extremely cynical to do this sort of to do this sort of book and then make that much money off it. <laughs> like you said, there are certain things that this book proposes that could help. It's just that they're they're in service to to behaviors that I think will actually long term make make the situation worse. So what you were saying earlier about positive thinking. So the way that in The Secret positive thinking is encouraged is that Byrne says the way the law of attraction works is whatever you're thinking will just be reflected back to you or manifested by the universe. And it feels a bit arbitrary. So she says, if you're constantly thinking, I don't have enough money, the universe is going to reflect back to you. It's going to ignore the negation. It's going to reflect back to you, I don't have enough money or you don't have enough money. So instead of worrying about not having enough money, you've got to, you have to start believing that you have lots of money. And once you truly believe that you have enough money, and this includes behaving as if you have a lot of money, then you will get a lot of money. So there are a few problems with this. At a, at a few points in this book, she says that you've, you've got to act like you have more money than you do. And that's going to, that represents a change in your mindset, which will be reflected by the universe giving you more money. Fairly intuitively, I would have thought that's going to make, if you have financial problems, acting as if you have more money than you do is going to make them worse. But it's very, yeah, very you just manifest thing. checks flowing. Unavoidably, I would say that is going to make the problem worse. But then you just manifest checks coming to your house <laughs> and it fixes everything. Yeah. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah! That thing. How she was like. Oh, what I did was I got I got a lot of bills in the mail, and so because I was scared of getting bills in the mail, I got more bills in the mail, causatively. And so what she started doing is she started imagining that the bills were checks, and she'd get the bill, open it, read it, pretend it was a check, and then she would add a zero to the end of whatever amount that she she owed, and so she'd <laughs> she'd just increase. By a factor of ten, um, like how much she'd received in the mail, and then tabulated all of that, and then she said she paid off the bills and felt great about it because she'd made so much more money than she was paying in bills, and she said that changed. That meant that she started getting more checks in the mail. So there's there's that concrete problem of the the way to solve your problems is not to pretend that they're not there, but it it speaks to a deeper problem that the, the this book encourages which is this posture of complete passivity so if you have problems complete passivity is not going to fix them something she says about how it's hard to make any sort of changes if you're paralyzed with fear is that's true so just feeling terrible all the time is going to do more harm than good however she seems to to suggest massively overcorrecting and just 
completely ignoring your problems or pretending that your life situation is the opposite yeah. of what it is and then passively expecting your life to improve on the basis of that. And that sort of passivity I just don't see helping you at all. So there's, there's one, and again, this is, I shouldn't take too cynical of a reading of this, but why I think that this actually is <laughs> intentional or um, circumstantial evidence to to my point is that these people also always will weave in some like get out of jail free card like just enough plausible deniability so they'll oh, you're say not trying hard enough no no well the one that she says is like every now and then she'll put in and you need to take action it's like you can't just think you need to take action it's like mm. yeah so maybe the action is that like maybe you could be a mopey son of a bitch and go out there and work a job and you'll get paid money <laughs> there's plenty of highly paid miserable lawyers out there <laughs> and uh you know there's just sitting around just thinking and manifesting <laughs> doesn't make checks flow and even in the case of of this woman she didn't just sit there and manifest checks she sat there and wrote a book about manifesting checks and then created a movie about manifesting checks and then checks and then sold mm. that shit like a crazy motherfucker um, and did like a world tour, like promoting the goddamn book so that she could make all this money. That's how the checks came in. She didn't just sit there and like think it into existence. And, but she includes those get out of jail free cards, which she can always say like, if she was to, not that she would ever listen to this, but like, cause I'm sure she doesn't listen to anybody who disagrees with her. Um, Shout out to Rhonda Byrne. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That was Levi, not me. If you want to share your fat stacks with me, I'm I'm more than willing to shill your next book. And she uh she has that get out of jail free card to say, well, no, but I also say like, yeah, you've got to take action, of course. Yeah, but the book's about sitting Wouldn't around. Wouldn't it be thinking. great if she proved us wrong? If she proved us wrong by signing up to the sixty thousand dollar Patreon tier, I would retract she, all of my negative she statements. Manifested if she manifested into our Patreon, manifested sixty thousand dollars, three hundred million dollars worth of Solana tokens in my Patreon that, account. <laughs> oh, that'd be that'd be a surprise. <laughs> that would be quite a surprise. <laughs> that would be very shocking. <laughs> I'd feel quite indebted to her, actually. That's $150 million each. <laughs> she also said, you know, and then every now yeah. and then One there's just the craziest. She'll just come out with the craziest fucking shit. There's this part and, you know, like, okay, a lot of the stuff I can let go and and just be like, okay, whatever. She's just trying to essentially just get people to do some positive thinking until she got to the health chapter. And then I was like, and everybody who's mm. listened to this goddamn show for long enough knows that like that's that's a bit of a thorn in in my side, like when people start getting woo-woo with health. Because it actually affects people's like whether or not they take treatments and stuff that could actually help them. But especially with this one, she just went full blown. Like, you know, I think she buried that deeper in the book because she knew that, like, by the time somebody gets to that part of the book, like, they're on the hook. You can leave the crazy stuff in these sorts of woo-woo books mm. until the end because, you know, if somebody's reading all the way through, you know they're in, right? Where if you put this stuff up front, you'd alienate most people because they wouldn't be, like, massaged into, into like, um, like uh, psychological compliance shit. But at this point, she's like, yeah, you can have eternal youth. She's literally saying, like, you can stop aging and you can have eternal youth if you yeah, just manifest right. it. I'm like, wait a second, what did you just say? 
But it's also like, why why didn't the people who were aware of the secret in the past Where's Plato? Why isn't Plato still alive? Where's Plato? If he knew that he that I'm sure there's at least one but she and then she could always say, Well, they didn't really want it. <laughs> and why is she looking so much older than she was twenty years yeah. ago? Why hasn't she stopped herself from aging? Oh, it's because I don't want it. I don't really want it. Like I, I want to get older. <laughs> you want arthritis yeah. and you want to go through menopause? <laughs> One thing I did really enjoy where she actually did follow through on some of the implications of this was she she says that there's just no accident or coincidence. Yeah. So I quote if people believe they can be in the wrong place at the wrong time and they have no control over outside circumstances, those thoughts of fear, separation, and powerlessness, if persistent, can attract them to being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And she actually she actually uses the example of major wars and things like that and yeah. <laughs> effectively says the people got killed in those conflicts because they was they were scared or they, they, they were weren't aware through their of fear. the law of attraction and were attracting to themselves bad energy. So I did appreciate her basically saying, yeah, if you're born into poverty, it's your fault. Or if yeah, <laughs> if you get killed in war, it's your fault. The example that I thought through <laughs> that immediately came to my mind was like, what about all the people who were murdered under the Nazi Nazi Germany, like the, the genocide of the European Jews or whatever. I was like, okay, so you're literally telling me that six million Jews in, in Europe, like the reason why they were slaughtered en masse was because they, they manifested they bad juju the into their life and Hitler was successful <laughs> because he was, you fucking grotesque. That You know, like I... I mean, the more we talk Man, about this Hitler out loud, must have been I think manifesting she... like crazy. He must. Why didn't she shout out Hitler as one of the people who understood the law of attraction? Because he certainly achieved some of his goals. And then Winston Churchill came in and manifested harder than him. Okay, yeah. So, okay, so maybe this is back to our earlier discussion about if you were if you're trying to manifest me shitting my pants, and I'm trying to manifest not to. So, you've got Hitler and Churchill, and. Hitler's trying to manifest London being completely flattened in the Blitz and a successful invasion of of the British Isles. And Churchill Churchill's job was just to sit there in the bathtub and try to counter manifest against Hitler. getting drunk. Try to use the law <laughs> he's, of attraction. He's sitting there getting drunk as Churchill does, <laughs> getting trashed in the bath and counter manifesting against Hitler. In fact, that was the Second World War. It was just a bunch of leaders. The Yalta conference was just, <laughs> just, was just all the boys getting together to manifest. and manifesting together. And sunning their yonis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stalin and FDR doing yoni sunning and manifesting against Hitler. <laughs> you know, funnily enough, like, most people, if they drink and manifest, their ability to manifest goes down. But Churchill, in fact, was the opposite. The more he drank, the more, the more powerful and potent his manifestation The more he smoked became. and drank, the better he got at <laughs> counter-manifesting. Does this... Okay, so human conflict. If you, get, if you take any sufficiently powerful technology, humans are going to use it to kill each other. That, that just seems like an ironclad law of, law of nature. So presumably the secret probably has been used as a weapon before. If it's been known about for this long, the military applications of the secret are, are significant and you probably will have, surely there will be counter-manifestation teams. So you've, you've, got, you've got teams to manifest what you want to happen on your side. So like 
George W. Bush is just trying to manifest as hard as he can that Saddam chokes on a pretzel. And then you've got all of these like Bathist counter-manifestors manifesting for Saddam to be safe and in good health. And eventually George W.'s manifestation overpowered Saddam's manifestation. To what extent do you think all human wars can be explained in terms of competing manifestation powers? I think a lot. I think basically 100%. I think 100%. Well, no, like 95% of them and then the other like 5% where it's kind of a maybe this or maybe that, like you, it's just like at the margin. Maybe there's a little bit of vibrational it's interference. It's the u- universal RNG. Yeah, yeah. Just to keep things interesting. <laughs> See how much money... Okay, sorry. I, I was just looking up. Jack Canfield, one of the people that she references, he's written a lot of books, um, including a book series called Chicken Soup for the Soul and another one called The Law of Attraction. Mm. Apparently, this guy, his books collectively have sold over 250 million copies worldwide in 40 different languages. Now, back of the envelope thinking, 10 bucks a copy, he makes 5% per sale, 250 million copies. The guy's made over $100 million. Easy. Easily over $100 million. See, he could, he could easily afford to buy like 2,000 copies of Tower. So, no problem. <laughs> he's shat his pants at least three times. <laughs> well, he would have done a third of a shit third because of remember shit the full shitting is three hundred million. So he did he did a third of a shit in his pants <laughs> yeah. on the basis of that book. That's so I'm so I you know I'm maybe I'm just talking myself into oh I've got too much confirmation bias here, um, but it seems like she almost engineered this. She actually like picked out okay these are the people who are like selling shitloads of these sorts of books, like Jack Canfield and stuff. And she just repackaged repackaged what they were selling. Um, and in fact, oh, look at that. He actually published a book called The Law of Attraction in 2007. Wait, when, oh, was, nice. when was this book published again? 2008? Pretty sure it was 2006. 2006 film? Yeah. So they were all, oh, my God, this is like a whole like little – Little posse of law of attraction. Oh, it's just a constellation. Oh man, yeah. Like the. I wonder if they're also polyamorous. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a gigantic polycule <laughs> of just like law of attraction, yeah, woo woo millionaires, just like scamming people <laughs> and taking money off just poor fucking people. each other. <laughs> yeah. Good on him. Cut yeah, throat. I think that's the most likely explanation. <laughs> a, a cult polycule. Well, it's of... not cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the most powerful people in society just manifesting <laughs> together. And how come they... Yeah, anyways, so back to the book. How about we tell people about the, the creative process, capital C, capital P, which she says was taken from the New Testament. This is this is Jesus inspired. How to ask the universe for stuff, and this this is this is very Christian. I want to I want to add. So, the creative process is a three step process to get literally anything you want from the capital U universe, and the first stage is ask. So you tell the universe what you want. I quote: "This is really fun. It's like having the universe as your catalog. You flip through it and say." 
I'd like to have this experience and I'd like to have that product and I'd like to have a person like that. It is you placing your order with the universe. It's really easy. That, that one's from Dr. Joe Vitale. Um, as I said previously, this book is a bit crass. <laughs> it's, you have this unlimited power and you use it to effectively just order experiences, products and people from internet or from universe Amazon. So the second yep. stage of the creative process, once you've asked, is believe. So you have to believe that the thing you desire is already yours and you have to have unwavering faith that what you, already, that what you ordered is already yours. Um, again, this is from the New Testament. I struggle to remember which part of the New Testament involved me ordering barbells from God Amazon, but <laughs> it's in there. I believe it. You've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. Getting some shroom to <laughs> Yeah, so you, you have to make believe that you already have something. As I said earlier, she, she actually suggests pretending that you have more money than you actually have in order to solve the problem of not having enough money or to solve the problem of having more debt that you can pay or debt such that it's causing you financial distress. Well, the solution to that is to pretend that you don't have that debt and to behave as if you don't have that debt. And that'll... <laughs> That'll fix that right. Yeah, it's just like ordering something off, off Amazon. It's, it's just, it's just, a catalog. It's just sometimes saying it out loud. It it just hits me in the face at how catastrophically bad financial advice is. <laughs> do, do you have crippling debt? Well, just pretend, pretend you don't have pretend it. Pretend actually that debt notice is, is a check. Pretend not there. It'll be for right. 10 times as much money. <laughs> and then don't do anything about it. <laughs> Just pretend like it's a check. Yeah, mate, just, just pretend your mortgage is actually just money being sent to your house. <laughs> and then... and then Bank asking you to pay off that mortgage? Just pretend they're actually paying you. Interest rates go up, you should be happy. That means you're going to be getting more money for your mortgage repayments. <laughs> well, I call it mortgage repayments. Actually, mortgage payments, because they're paying you, because you have the mortgage. Anyway, so that, that, that's good. I, I do actually want to read a quote that I think really exemplifies the crass passivity in this book. So this one's from Byrne. How it will happen, how the universe will bring it to you, is not your concern or job. Allow the universe to do it for you. When you are trying to work out how it will happen, you are emitting a frequency that contains a lack of faith, that you don't believe you have it already. You think you, you have you to do it, faith. and you do not believe the universe <laughs> will do it for you. This is not your part in the creative process. You hear that? All you've got to do is want things for want for stuff to be better, and to pretend that it's already better, and then the the universe just fixes it. So that that's pretty cool. Okay, step three. This is the this is probably the most important oh, yeah, the three part steps, yeah. of the creative process. Receive. So I like this part. <laughs> you have to feel really good. Receive it. You have to feel really good money. <laughs> about um about the stuff you're getting from the universe. Oh, oh here, we, here we go, here we go, here we go. I found the New Testament part that she claims that um, is, is the basis of the creative process. It's, it's Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Okay, you see that? It's got the word ask. It's got it's believe or believing. Shall, ye shall, and that's receive. how you know it's from the Bible. Ye shall. Thanketh yeah, the Lord yeah, for yeah, all yeah. thine stacks of fat, so, fat, fat cash stacks. <laughs> And all that, all them booties. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So Popping okay. Pussies so up on that pole. I was. I was admire. wrong. It's actually 
this is this is biblically accurate. The the three step creative process for getting whatever the fuck you want is uh yeah, it's right there in the Bible. It's right there in Matthew. It's oh, in the Bible. Oh, oh, oh. It's in the and Bible. it's in Mark. It's in Mark, Mark too. Mark and Matthew. Mark, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. There you go. Um, God's basically Amazon. You just you put in your order. Don't have to enter your credit card details. You don't have to do any of that. Not with God. Did you know? Not with the capital U universe. You just put in your order, and you've, you've got it. Jack. Did time frame, an initial question I had was, what's the time frame? You can actually specify the time frame. <laughs> you can say, I want it now. Right. <laughs> right now. now. <laughs> I want there to be no space between My me thought. pretending that I'm not in debt and me not being in debt. So, Jack, from the, these two passages, the Matthew passage and the Mark passage, and maybe there's another one or two passages throughout the book that she uses, um, it's very clear to me that, in fact, the secret is so powerful and specifically the distillation and articulation of the spirit by Rhonda Byrne is so powerful that she, in fact, inspired Yahweh, the creator of the universe, the God the god of the god of all gods. Well, this is this is what I was saying and about even about Yahweh was like, "Hey, I want to I want to manifest a universe <laughs> with complex life in it." And then he just <laughs> wished it into being, <laughs> and then he reflected it back on himself and made it. <laughs> in the beginning, God said, "What do I want?" <laughs> so is is that the point at which you become God? So God God is the part of the universe that, through the law of attraction, like. Wishing for something and it being manifested is one in God. That is the essence of Godhood. Yeah. That your thought thought vibration vibrates with yourself and you just manifest immediately. You become God. That's what being God you is. You vibrate the frequency of God and become the universe thinking of itself. Yeah. And so I was thinking vibrating. Is there some sort of uh, if what what happens if you I'm, start can we can we come think of some sort of structure where we manifest the manifestation itself like can we can we like direct this thing back in and on well, you can manifest literally anything okay but can i so then i must you could do an endless recursion like there's no there's no recursion depth in the universe you just just keep going low can i manifest the uh suspension of the law of attraction can i manifest for the law of attraction to mm -hmm. stop like i guess if you really wanted it i don't know why you couldn't I mean, you would basically ruin the universe for everyone else. <laughs> the depth of selfishness. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Maybe this is how you get out of it. So that would be such a selfish act that so the, the love coefficient that increases or decreases the amplitude of, <laughs> of your, the frequency your vibration, vibration would be zero. So, so we'd have no amplitude. That just... It wouldn't work. There's no vibration going on there. I think that's, that's how she gets out of it. The love coefficient is zero. It's just too selfish an act. Okay, could I go back the other way? Could I manifest? Could I, could I wish for the universe, for the law of attraction to become, to like loop back in on itself and amplify itself? So in any instance, whenever there's a sentient being manifesting, it'll like, mega manifest like 
does it instantaneously to the nth degree that it could possibly can be conceived in that person's mind. Yeah. I, and okay. So if I want something tight, tight into what you're saying, if I want something, but I just, I just want it m- more. <laughs> like I want exactly the same thing. I want a new car, but I just, I want it more. Could I manifest myself manifesting this new car and manifesting myself? So, like, I manifest a new instance of myself manifesting the car and manifesting a new instance of myself manifesting the car. Can I set that train in motion? Yeah. And just make it recur indefinitely? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, infinite, can I? Infinite number of parallel can I manifest manifesting myself manifesting car? myself manifesting a car? Manifesting, <laughs> manifesting myself. myself. Yeah. <laughs> Can I? Actually, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even manifesting anything material. I just want me to be manifesting something else. just recursively. I, just, no. I want to output. I want to output the greatest frequency and amplitude possible. But I, I want to manifest the greatest amplitude of a given frequency. As I want to manifest that's, the that's all highest vibration of the most frequency in the greatest energy of Jack shooting his pants. What's the limit? What's the limit of the um of the frequency? Like, the how high frequency, frequency are we? <laughs> what what are the upper and lower bounds <laughs> of of exception of acceptable frequency? This is the burn scale. What's zero burn? <laughs> and what's what's infinite burn? Yeah, is there what's no, zero burn and what's, what's, what's the smallest burn? unit of burn? Or is it what infinite? is a quantum okay, so burn? What is the smallest unit of okay, manifestation? How about this way? We can we can work <laughs> we can work from the universe we can observe theoretically to the the burn point when you have you have maximum frequency. What's the Do you think there's an upper limit to the number of desires a human <laughs> or the number of things of individual things a human could wish for? Because all of those, according to the secret, have different frequencies of vibration. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> from from that lemma, if we're thinking axiomatically, from that, the upper limit of accept acceptable vibration. Oh no! Okay. So, because you could have an infinite number of vibrational frequencies between two points, so there still could be an upper limit. No, there might be like an a infinite plank number burn. of things you could possibly desire. <laughs> there might them. be like a plank burn, mm-hmm. like a smallest unit. This is, this unit is actually burn. theoretically a thornier problem than I initially thought. It <laughs> Again, was. as I was saying, this is the beginning of infinity I'm of just, the secret. I'm trying to examine the extent of burn space. <laughs> okay, I've got another one. You know, I'm to orient you myself know, within burn. She space. said yeah. very scientifically valid that we have something like sixty thousand thoughts a day. Okay, so to me that seems like yeah, yeah. that's what I've, I've that counted. seems like incredibly low throughput. I want to be able to manifest more than that. So can I manifest myself increasing my cognitive throughput, like the actual like clock speed of my brain, to manifest faster, to manifest faster, to manifest faster, so I can like approach like uh, uh, I suppose like an event horizon of just like the absolute limit of compute. Sp- how many <laughs> manifestation computes could I fit see, into like a finite amount asymptote? of speed into a finite amount of time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the asymptote of? And then can I use that just new to... clock speed to manifest more, <laughs> more and more and more? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it an exponential process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So every every X instances of new Levi, <laughs> you, you group those together and make those then try to manifest that group. And then every... <laughs> Every X number of those, you go back and manifest. Those. Can, can so we? Exponential can, can I manifest for myself to also divide can into two? Can we crash the universe? And I can manifest myself, divide into two, and then each of those two to have a higher clock speed of manifestation, and they're going to also divide and into each two. Of those, each of those manifests $300 million US dollars into Jack's bank account and makes him shit his pants. And so, <laughs> so we What's have Jack the exponentially shitting, shitting his pants per unit time, <laughs> and inflation just goes through the roof. <laughs> it, but it, but in the one universe, so yeah, all of your one, manifestation frequencies one need to be directed towards the one one instance of me. There's infinite, infinite Jacks, and one of them is having exponential shit <laughs> and just destroys the world's currency system. <laughs> because of the exponential yeah. hyperspeed okay, so manifestation Levi's. What what I want, so a necessary part of this experiment, which we're gonna do after this episode is <laughs> when the world ends, this is, will be this is I want, another way the world ends. I want two measures. I want I want a measure of I want inflation. And, and I wanted the volume like of shit. Milliliters of shit produced <laughs> yeah, yeah. of those two things. Uh, yeah, and I, w- I would want change over time too, just as so so we can get a feel for and and I part of this deal is I'm also going to be manifesting um, eternal youth. So this process doesn't stop. This will go until the end of the physical year. This never stops. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. There'll there'll need to be a few baseline manifestations that the law of attraction needs to take care of. So, for example, I can't just dehydrate. From producing, no. Well, I'm going to manifest infinite youth and immortality for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> she says that it's like a genie. I just don't feel like anyone before us has taken the secret seriously <laughs> and asked these important <laughs> questions about, about the the physical limits of this system. <laughs> Oh, it is part of the the. It's right there in the name, law of attraction. This is a part of the physical universe, the yeah, fabric yeah. of reality. Because I mean, I guess a, a more elegant solution to this would just be to manifest the knowledge of all of these parameters of the law of attraction. But I prefer this experimental approach. Yeah, that's right. We could we could already know, but I suppose that might take the fun out of it. We 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 could just already know these things. Yeah. And we wouldn't have to go through the process, but maybe I would find the experimental process would be very fun, and I want to manifest that fun and good vibes. How much more do you have to say about the secret? Like, there just is not much to this book. I enjoyed the part where she's like, "The reason why you're fat is because you're thinking fat thoughts, you fatty." (laughs) She's like, "You're you're thinking fat thoughts." She actually calls them fat thoughts. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, little fatty. Here we go. Here we go. I quote, thoughts. I quote. The second thing to know is that the condition of being overweight was created through your thought to it. To put it in the most basic terms, if someone is overweight, it came from thinking, in quotation marks, 
fat thoughts, whether that person was aware of it or not. A person cannot think thin thoughts and be fat. It completely defies the law of attraction. <laughs> like she's already made up her mind. She's like, this is I, the I, law. I quote, I quote, I quote. <laughs> You most likely know of someone who is thin and eats like a horse, and they proudly declare, I can eat whatever I want, and I'm always the perfect weight. And so the genie of the universe says, your wish is my command. Even just from a purely concrete perspective, those people just don't exist beyond the age of like, I don't know, your early 20s or something like that. If someone's in yeah, good but shape, according to the law of 20s, attraction, you can wish probably for, doing something. You can receive shape. infinite youth and maintain the metabolism of like a nineteen-year-old forever, just like yeah, it's called growth hormone. <laughs> just like Burn has, because she hasn't aged a day since she wrote the, the law of attraction. Since she, she wrote the secret, it's just all those trend cycles she's been doing. There was <laughs> there's even this part of the book I can't remember where where she said it was like a little bit further on from a quote that you read. Um, she said, if you, if you think perfect thoughts, like be very present to the food that you're eating and you think perfect thoughts and you enjoy every sensation of eating, then it's not possible for you to gain weight from eating. You can eat whatever you want and I can eat whatever I want as much as I want because I'm eating perfectly and my body perfectly integrates the food. Mm. So there you go. All those people with yeah, like- that's how it works. Any sort of- and she even she even rebutted me already in the book. She's like thyroid problems, pish posh. <laughs> You're just not eating perfectly. <laughs> your the phenomenological, uh, <laughs> the subjective experience of your eating is imperfect. That's why you're fat. <laughs> you're having fat thoughts. Oh, I just came across a great piece of quantum woo woo. This is this is some really potent quantum woo woo. So this is this is in the section. How long does it take? Where she addresses the problem of how long your Amazon God universe delivery of literally anything is going to take. I quote, What quantum physicists and Einstein tell us is that everything is happening simultaneously. If you can understand that there is no time and accept that concept, then you will see that whatever you want in the future already exists. If everything is happening at the one time, then the parallel version of you with what you want already exists. And yeah, that, that's what I took away from physics. Just <laughs> physics is a monolithic whole. <laughs> okay. One thing that I will say to her benefit, or to her, like, to, to mm, say, mm. like, something positive about the book, she has, like, a lot of zingers. She has a lot of zingers. She is like, what you resist persists. And energy flows where attention goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've got some other one here. When you visualize, then you materialize. <laughs> you got all these yeah, like little rhymey bits. It's just like where attention goes, energy flows. <laughs> it was very much like that oh, scene. It really was very good. much like that scene in Tower <laughs> with the nurses. How the nurses always have their little <laughs> catchphrases. That reminded me of the nurses in Tower. <laughs> <laughs> she's copying she copied tower she manifested tower Bird will be hearing from my yeah, she's like i really need an apocalyptic sci-fi she'll be hearing from me surrealist written by jack big cock <laughs> and i want him to write it in like 13 or 14 years jack, that's what bc stands for <laughs> uh, i just found a really good really good little tidbit she threw out there 
It's in this section where she talks about the importance of being thankful. Did you know that Einstein achieved everything he achieved because he said thank you hundreds of times per day? <laughs> like when you when you look when you look at the causation. It's not because he spent thousands of hours doing mathematics. It's because it's because he was grateful. He just sat at his desk and said thank you hundreds of times and then wrote out the odd equation. <laughs> he, just, he, he just kept thanking the world until he wrote something. Thank you, universe. It's thank you for making me Einstein. I'm so thankful. I want to shout say, out to the universe. Shout out to God. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> oh, what's this? Oh, look at that. E equals MC squared. Not, not even any. Thank you. And next thing you know, the universe yanked him out of the patent office and made him the Einstein we know today. All of which he manifested. He's like, I fucking hate this boiler room. Yeah. <laughs> I want to become a world famous physicist. <laughs> this is all I want. This is all I want. And the adoration of every every yoga chick who's never read any physics. <laughs> He he manifested himself a really big car, a big multi-million dollar house. He manifested himself like a, a beautiful alt GF that he saw on on Twitch <laughs> streaming Fortnite. Just everything he wanted. He'd already manifested and he what, manifested what was left, himself he said, a, I want a, a Nobel dick. Prize in physics. <laughs> yeah. I mean all of the things that naturally come before. A Nobel Prize in physics. He'd already done. That was one of the last things. He was like, oh, I may as well. <laughs> this thank you thing seems to be working. Thank you. I'm kind of running out of universe, ideas. Thank you for the Nobel Prize. All right. This is getting boring now. <laughs> I'm just going to retire. I'm going to stop being grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Retired to the goon cave. <laughs> he manifested the ability to goon without end. He's still alive. <laughs> They buried a fake body. Einstein is still gooning to this very day. He's just, he manifested the perfect stream of video. Unlimited hydration. Eternal youth. Eternal hardness. Yuck. He's just still goon. He's gooning to infinity. Einstein. In a goon cave. Yuck. I hate that that's even a term. It's fucking such a fucking disgusting <laughs> term. It's, it's so I think it's so onomatopoeic. Like exists as a concept is proof that the law of attraction doesn't exist. <laughs> we don't live in a just universe. <laughs> we live we live in the worst of all possible universes. A cruel, a cruel, capricious. The demiurge universe. is laughing at us <laughs> because of the goon cave. <laughs> the Einsteinian goon cave. Well, I mean. Plato foresaw this in his allegory of the goon cave, which he got <laughs> because, because he, he said thank you hundreds of times a day in, so in ancient Greek. <laughs> we changed just on watching shadows of people fucking on, on the wall of the goon cave, just gooning and edging ourselves to these shadows. And what we should be doing is saying thank you hundreds of times a day so we can turn from the shadows. And goon watching people truly fucking in the sun. <laughs> that's what Plato... I'm pretty sure that's what... I haven't read it for a while, but I'm pretty sure that's what Plato said. The story of the goon cave. It's actually a direct Yeah, point. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The allegory of the goon cave. What else? <laughs> uh, okay, let me check my I'm flicking through my notes and just... So many... There are so many points in my notes where I just say this is getting really repetitive. Placebo effect, something about 
um, being positive. I oh, she says at some point. Oh yeah, I'll pull up the exact quote because it was just so. It was as Jack was saying before, crass, just extremely crass. Oh, you want crass quotes? Oh, here we go. Okay, she's I've got like some crass quotes. She's like, um, you have to feel good about money to attract more to you. Understandably, when people do not have enough mm, money, mm. they do not feel good about money because they don't have enough. But if you just create a bullshit book and then hock it to this a bunch of desperate people, people every time you I can make Jack shit his pants when you get paid $300 million. No, sorry. That's in the next edition. So, anyways. So, but those negative feelings about money are stopping more money from coming to you. You have got to stop the cycle. You And you stop it by starting to feel good about money and being grateful what you, for what you have. Start to say and feel, I have m- more than enough. There is an abundance of money and it's on me and it's on its way to me. I am a money magnet. I love money and money Patrick loves Bateman me. Monologue. I am receiving money every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. This is-, this is when the homeless man in a sleeping bag outside of 7-Eleven asks me to please leave him alone. I'm <laughs> shouting this at him. <laughs> you're a loser. <laughs> you know why you're out here? Jack turns into Patrick Bateman. <laughs> Jack's running around, shitting his pants. <laughs> Shouting about manifesting and feeling good about money. <laughs> and gooning on homeless the Homeless men. guy's like, no, please, I'm really hungry. I'm really hungry. Stop gooning in front of me, please, Jack. <laughs> Jack's please shouting out, money, please, I am Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. Plato understood this. Einstein understood this. Anderson understood this. <laughs> this is a secret. This is a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Passed down from our elders. <laughs> the, 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 Does, doesn't it say like the police get called and they arrest Jack instead of the homeless secret. guy? <laughs> we've had this secret for millennia and we still have homelessness. Like, no one's decided to get around to fixing that with the secret. No, that's because of their like, negative frequencies in their vibration. Trivi- trivially easy to solve. That's because of the negative frequency it of their vibration. It would be trivially easy to just think, yeah, to think that you don't want people to be homeless and then vibrate that. But maybe there's and a bunch then, of people out there happens. that are vibrating that they do want homelessness. Okay. Oh, no, I, I, I blame the homeless, actually. <laughs> um, I definitely blame the homeless because, all right, so- Well, because the, the fault the is always your own. In the, in the three-part creative process is that you have to believe. And they and clearly don't believe. When I'm walking down the street and I see a homeless person, they, they stop me from being able to believe that they don't exist, right? Yeah. According to the creative yeah, process. Right. So- the reason why homelessness exists is because because the homeless actually. It's I've applied the secret I think very rigorously, <laughs> and I, I think I've come to the root cause of homelessness. Could you imagine? And why it hasn't just been solved by someone sitting on their couch one evening and thinking, "Yeah, you know what? I reckon we've had enough homelessness. I reckon we've given it a try, but I think it's time to actually stop this." And that's one of the things is like all of the um all of the examples are very they're all very like self-centered they're all like i manifest yourself having your dream car or your dream house or a million dollars in the bank or something it's never like that cause that you care passionately about you know like peace in the middle east or some shit it's it's like no just more (laughs) petty material possessions for yourself yeah look when you learn about the secret (laughs) you just become go for it you wish yourself to be 180 kilos with 2% body fat. <laughs> wish, wish yourself to be like a ball of porterhouse steak. 
wish yourself a new car that can accommodate your enormous muscle mass. Wish yourself, like, wish, wish your name to be on the moon so everyone, whenever they look up at night, just, or your face, wish the moon to be a giant moving face of your, a big rock in the shape With of your red face. red eyes. <laughs> so everybody just knows. Just grinning at everyone down on earth. <laughs> big, because big smile. you're manifesting more money than all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like that. But- in between all of the obvious and cool things to wish for with the secret, surely you could spare a thought for, ah, uh, maybe people should have clean drinking water. You know, boring stuff, boring, low-value, low-yield stuff like that. I reckon you, you could spare a thought for those things. Just manifest that all the bacteria in all the drinking water around the world just, like, somehow disappears. As it enters, you know, like the, mm. like the instant. No, they become good bacteria. Yeah. So then people will still be starving, but they have really, really good gut health. <laughs> I turn it, I turn it into kombucha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so there's that's what I want. There's that funny side of it. That again, which is why I think it's yeah, just going after people's insecurities. I bet that there was somebody out there in the world who fucking gave this book to like a homeless person. Don't you think? There's some fucking like completely <laughs> like dumb son of a bitch who lacks any awareness, social awareness or self-awareness who thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to give like the secret to my friend who's like just been through a divorce and is sleeping on our couch or whatever. And it's really doing it tough, or like a homeless person, or something, whatever. And they they gave them this this book's been gifted. And could you imagine? I if somebody gifted me the fucking secret, Can you imagine how fucking insulting. I that would be? throw it in their fucking face. <laughs> that is, that is actually stopping talking to a friend level of insult. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, like legit. <laughs> like that is our friendship is over. I would rather be homeless yeah, like, than sleep on your couch. I don't think I want to talk to you anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, anybody out there, if you've got a friend who has gifted you this book and you haven't read it yet and you, you're like, maybe I'll listen to Jack and Levi talk about it, that person is not your friend. <laughs> that person is a... No, okay, the, the, con the context matters. Yeah. If they're like, okay, your life's 80% of the way there, but, but the law of attraction could get you that final 20%. <laughs> Then that's okay. Or if they noticed that every time you went to try to park your car, you were not getting the park. You were just getting like just beaten out. And yeah. Like, or <laughs> if, if if you got an under ninety five percent, right? <laughs> I'm trying to find the quote because this is just like the pettiest use. Of it's it. like you're you're um, or maybe you're like a minor god, but you're not quite an omnipotent Elohim or like Jupiter level king of the gods. And, and and one of your other god friends is like, just read the law of attraction. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is from Dave Shermer, who's, who's an investment trainer, teacher, and wealth specialist. I quote, people are amazed at how I line up parking spaces. I've done this right from when I first understood the secret. I would visualize a parking space exactly where I wanted so it. And 95% of the time, it would be there for me. It would be there for me. And I would just pull straight in. 5% of the time, I'd have to wait for just a minute or two, and the person would pull out and I'd pull in. I do that all the time. And the thing is, like, this guy's such a fucking peanut. He, he's still operating within the paradigm of, I have to commute. Like, if, if you had this sort of universal power, 
why the fuck are you still commuting? Like, why can't you just beam your consciousness there while you're doing literally anything else than looking for a parking spot? Why can't you just beam yourself to work or something? Why can't like you just that? beam like, yourself straight to has, the goon cave? This is, this is so maybe what annoys me the most is the lack of vision. <laughs> yeah. Zero commute. Like, goon he's cave. changed nothing else. It's just uh, 95% of the time, I don't have to wait for a park. Still get fucking caught in traffic. <laughs> when I'm going about my. I don't have to wait when for I'm a going park. about my completely ordinary life, I obsess over the fucking car parks. <laughs> <laughs> And use and wield the all-powerful law of attraction to like marginally improve my petty life. <laughs> <laughs> On my way to the goon no cave, vision. <laughs> hang out with Einstein. His <laughs> <laughs> job at the goon cave, dispensing tissues, paid to to over Einstein. That's what he wished for. That's what he wished for. He used up he used up all of his his secret points in manifesting the goon cave. <laughs> and the rest <laughs> the rest of his mana he spent the rest of He only mana. had a little bit of mana left after manifesting the goon getting paid to goon. And so he was he, he looked at the parking spot that he was like, oh, I I may as well get that. You know, it's not it's not gonna be a huge improvement in my life, but I may as well. I've got a got a few points of mana left that I can spend on this. Yeah. It was either that or, you know, every time I drop a book, it falls open at the page I was already at. And so it's a, it's just not as inconvenient. Something like that. Yeah, they, they were just little things. Quality of life things. But not, not revolutionary. Manifest like that I never run out of goon juice. <laughs> I can just keep on gooning all the time. <laughs> With Einstein and Plato. Flood the room. <laughs> My goon buddies. Just all of this, all of the people plugged into the secret goon matrix. <laughs> Goonstein, <laughs> Thomas Gooniston. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What about? Do you remember that bit? Um, I think it was like a Feng Shui expert was talking about her experiences helping someone with the secret. Um, yeah, that's right. Marie Diamond, who's a feng shui. Oh, so no, no, you mispronounced her name. She it's, was telling it's Marie Diamond Hands. Yeah, that the H A N D S at the end is 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 um is contracted. My bad. And it's actually her first name is pronounced Wait, Goon. Misrepresented it's Marie. Goon Diamond. <laughs> Goon. Goon Diamond. <laughs> Sorry. I'll shut up. She's a feng shui consultant for making the optimum goon cave to vibrate to the universe, whatever you want. She can help you optimize the feng shui of your goon cave. I love, I love this. Song. Okay, this is such a this is a really really strong woo woo thing where like I don't pretend to understand feng shui in like any sort of detail. I'm pretty sure it's like it's complicated Chinese geomancy, but woo woo people collapse that to basically interior decoration. <laughs> yes, interior design. So this woman, this woman co- collapsed that to base. She helped a very famous film producer to improve his love life. Okay, so this guy was this guy was painting. He was complaining to to Marie Diamond Hands. Coom Goblin <laughs> about how he was saying that his love life wasn't where he wanted it to be, and <laughs> she went into his, his house Goblin. and noticed oh his his paintings. He'd painted all of these women turning away from him, and she, with the power of the secret, 
saw into his mind and was like, okay, you're unsuccessful with women because clearly you're just visualizing women not wanting to be with you because look at your paintings. It's all of women turning away from you. Um, And this is Feng Shui, by the way. The Feng Shui of him painting women turning away from him, he changed by painting women turning towards him and he got lots of dates. That's Feng Shui. Can I ask a serious internet question? What is the difference between a kuma and mm. a guna? They li- seem to be roughly the same thing. <laughs> Fucking. And then also, <laughs> <laughs> if someone's listening, feel free. when I look at Let's Urban Dictionary, email if there's if there's a precise terminological difference between kuma and guna. They both seem to be associated with like masturbating too much, basically. Mm, mm. Okay, and then and then what's this? You know what's that drink that they get addicted to in um in in like Morrowind and stuff? Oh, skooma. Yes, <laughs> skooma. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm just getting my my uh my your wires crossed. Up. My wires crossed. Yep. Feng Shui consulted. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I just think every person <laughs> referenced in the biography of this book is just a bullshit artist. <laughs> Look, probably, probably. I looked into it. Actually, there's one person who actually does have a PhD in physics. Oh, nice. Who's been associated? I forget his name. There's, and he's been associated with all of these like woo-woo adjacent physics projects. Yeah, of course. So they do have at least one person who has a real doctorate here, which is impressive. That's where I think that's where a lot of the budget in this came from. When they were getting the cast together, they needed, they had to pay extra for someone with a real degree. They had to pay off a, a physicist. They're like, could you please sacrifice your academic career <laughs> to just... Oh, well, this guy worry. fucking burned that we'll long pay, before the secret. We'll pay you so much money. You know, maybe that's what he was thinking. He was like, oh, man, as an academic, I'm going to get my, my balls busted for, like, the next 30 years to, like, earn, like, a middle-class salary. I could just sell out. And sell my P- my physics PhD to mm. these bloody woo woo idiots, <laughs> and will make like ten times as much money. <laughs> it's like doctors who sell out into woo woo. They know oh. what they're doing. They know they're going to make so much money if they sell out to the woo woo. <laughs> yeah, you just get fucking sick of like people trying to hit you in the emergency department or something like that. And one day you get up and you're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start selling <laughs> homeopathic products. <laughs> And I'm like going to use my like Western that. medical education, talk shit about the Western medical establishment and be like, I'm a rebel. I'm, I'm speaking out against the establishment by my homeopathic I'm going to work tincture. six hours a day. I'm going to get paid way more than I ever did <laughs> on Gen Med. Yeah. I, t- I, t- I can't blame them. <laughs> <laughs> you can always fall back on that. Can't you, Jack? If this if this podcast doesn't become like the next JRE, then you can fall back the on the multi million dollar selling out it's destined to be. And one day you could have your own arena, Rod Laver Arena, <laughs> Jack and Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the secret, <laughs> we come out with Tony Robbins. That's what I'm trying to manifest. <laughs> He'll be asking us for advice. <clears throat> There's some people in this world I legitimately don't ever want to see in real life, and Tony Robbins is one of them. He looks vaguely predatory. I'm sure he. As I, I mean that in a literal sense as well. Like he that he's a 
<laughs> like a, a predatory organism. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could disarticulate his jaw and swallow you whole. <laughs> it's like one of those pythons. Like <laughs> yeah, and then he just lies on the ground all dis- all distended and leers at people while he digests you. Humans are strange, aren't they? This this podcast yeah, there's, really there's has a, there's a lot of variability in behavior. Eyes about like how weird. Okay. So, is there anything else that we can we've managed to turn this episode into an hour and a half talking about Einstein and goon caves and There are more specific instances of 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 weird stuff we can bring up. It's just this book is so so repetitive. The the end of the book is quite funny because it's it's just an expected component of woo woo bingo, where it it gives a list of the different people quoted in the book and almost all of them list some sort of course they're trying to sell. Yeah, so it does have an advertisement. Like give so you that's links on to their websites. That's on woo woo bingo advertisements for online courses or workshops or coaching or anything like that. Let's so run through that. the woo woo bingo yeah. actually and um see how this book fares. Okay, capital U universe. Yeah. Yeah. Tick. Yep. Tick. Crystals. crystals. Mm. I don't think there were any crystals. No. No crystals. I think this was a crystal-free book. Yeah. Quantum physics. She fucking loves it. This entire Strong book is ba- yes. based on it. Um, frequencies and vibrations. Con- this entire book is basically a graduate textbook on quantum <laughs> physics. Uh, she has high-frequency vibrations, yes. Does she have? Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of those. Does she have harmony? I guess what she's saying is being harmony, harmony, harmony. Yeah, with the frequency. Yeah, there was of definite the harmony in this book. <laughs> the yeah. Vague references to Gautama, Buddha, or Hinduism, or like some you know stuff like Vedics, whatever, or yoga, or some shit like that. Yes. Mm. Non Western knowledge. An Alvin, an Alvin Einstein quote. Oh, am I using a uh, a different list yeah. to you? No. Oh, you're yeah yeah Albert yeah. Einstein. No, this is the this is the right list. Beads? Does that include anal beads? Beads. Okay, so we're going to have to look up a picture of her. Does she have beads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, um, to establish whether there are beads or face crystals. What's her name again? Let's... Burn. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. Burn. Fourth image in, face crystal and bead positive and a crucifix. And, oh, there are a lot of, there are a lot of religious symbols here. Oh, she's... Wow, she's covering everything. Yeah, oh, there are a lot. She's of got crazy eyes, man. She's got legit crazy eyes. <laughs> oh man, she's. I bet she's. <laughs> I bet she's killed someone with eyes like that. Holy damn! You know, like some people, when you look at them, you just get this sense of like this, like offness, discomfort, discomfort. Yeah, strong discomfort. Like actually, deeply. Mm. A dangerous person. <laughs> I get this sense of like she's a yeah, dangerous she person. Has, <laughs> she's less smiley and more just baring her teeth at you. Yeah. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just like focusing too much. Anyways, let's look. She's got she's definitely got some beads on her head in the middle. She's kind beads of beads and face crystals, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so she is a she is a crystal she's a crystal so- chick. There we go. Beads, face crystals. Advertisements for online courses, yep. Mystery degrees. Yep. Does she have a mystery yep. degree? Or one of the other people She do? She, she doesn't, but a number of the people in this book are a doctor, and I, I couldn't find what they were a doctor of. Vague reference to the Matrix? Or to a Matrix. I, I remember her mentioning yeah, a did. Matrix yeah, or something. Did. Yeah, she They really like matrices. 
Well, they like the Matrix Vague because you can always cells, hide yeah. behind like, oh, the Matrix did that to you, you know, like the society or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So vague references to cells. Yes, she did that. <laughs> yeah. Incurable diseases being cured. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. References to ancient knowledge, understanding references methods or wisdom. Ancient knowledge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Plato yeah, is pretty like old. the secret is ancient knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reference to non Western to non-Western wisdom. wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of, of deep non-Western wisdom in here. No shoes. She didn't mention anything about going barefoot. Grounding, yeah, earthing. No. No. She didn't. Anti-vax? No, I don't think so. I don't think she said anything about anti-vax. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if she is an anti-vaxxer, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, our academic credentials probably couldn't survive that sort of unsubstantiated claim. That that, that would be speculation, (laughs) which is something that we definitely don't do here at the Book Club. (laughs) Natural remedies? Yeah. Yeah, she has an oh, entire chapter where she's just like... I'm pretty sure. You can use your mind to heal your own body. And that's got to count as like a quote-unquote yeah, natural that's, remedy. that's pretty natural. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to hear dowsing. <laughs> I don't no think dowsing. she's into dowsing. <laughs> no dowsing. Wife, you could just manifest water, so... Wife with big earrings. Okay, so this is a specific one. If, if it's a husband and wife duo writing the woo-woo book, which is quite common... The wife has big earrings and the husband has a beard and long hair. This one's not really applicable. Um, yeah, th- th- she didn't write this book. This is not a husband and wife team effort. This is, this is all her. Yeah. So that one's not really applicable. Yeah. Linen, linen clothes. clothes. Does she have any linen this is clothes? An impo- this is a really important one. Let's um, see. Okay. No, she's not a linen chick. A lot of yeah. white. I, I'm not seeing any linen yet. Nah. So far, linen negative. She's got like a real, she is bougie. She's, um, yeah, no, no, she, she passes or she fails the linen criterion. Uh, orbs and spheres. I can't see any orbs and spheres going on here, you know? Yeah, and she didn't, she didn't mention orbs and spheres. Yeah. Um, LSD patterns. No. Mm. No. Also, no. No. No, no. So, for example, Ilana Selka, when you search for her, it's just <laughs> I- I- immediate LSD patterns, but none here. <laughs> no sacred shapes uh, either. I always have a heart spot, like a, a warm spot in my heart for Ilana. You're <laughs> 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 so funny. Um, sacred shapes. She doesn't have any sacred shapes. No, none of those. In dolphins or whales. And finally, dolphins slash whales. No dolphins. Wow. Cetacean negative. Yeah, so let me see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I've got 17 out of out of 26. 17 out of 26. So I, that's that's got to be pretty high, right? Definitely going to be higher than like David Deutsch. Let's have a look. Although David Deutsch does have Einstein quotes. So... <laughs> Okay, so she got sixty five percent. Yeah, so that's you know, a, that's, that's, a, that's a credit. That's that's pretty woo woo. Yeah, I expect she doesn't okay, pass so her Ilana flying Selka, colors, I but reckon... she's she's okay. She's not worried about failing. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. On this on this test, is there a threshold for woo woo ness? Like, do you have to get over fifty percent to be objectively considered woo woo? 
Hmm, yeah, that's a good question. Like, what's the minimum criteria? Or are there some that matter more than others? Probably. So, but th- this is still a prototype. Yeah. I reckon something by Ilona Selko could get well north of 80%. Mm. Okay, so I think that um, there'll probably be, like, some minimum ones. There'll be, like, what is what is the essence of woo-woo? What is the essence of woo-woo? Like, uh, you know it when you Intense see it, right? Intense credulity. Intense credulity. <laughs> like, there's just this credulousness. <laughs> a credulousness regarding anything that doesn't come from the West. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Intense credulity <laughs> for non-Western knowledge systems. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just an unwillingness to look into those systems beyond they let me basically do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I suppose that's the other thing is does it, um, does it ethically validate the view, the materialistic views that I already had <laughs> when before I started researching yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I really like sex and Does money and expensive me wish stuff. For a $4 million house. Yeah. And will this just like, yeah, like, like let's put all the asceticism and like, you know, like material modesty aside. This denial of your immediate desires. <laughs> it says nothing in here about like, Treating people well or whatever. It's just <laughs> no, well, you have to focus on yourself first. Yeah, yeah, of course. You have to focus on yourself. Because if you look after and number focusing one, then you on can yourself, look after you number start two. to help others. It's like the woo-woo invisible hand. <laughs> the invisible hand of the woo-woo chick. <laughs> of woo-woo. But everyone focusing on themselves and making themselves feel good in the moment. As if by an invisible hand, everything in society <laughs> So are you telling me, Jack, that actually... Adam Smith also knew about the secret. Adam Smith also knew <laughs> about of the secret. The secret. <laughs> That's just the basis of the invisible hand. He was trying to communicate that, hey, if you just look after number one, we'll have a better world. <laughs> Everybody just looks after themselves. You just wear enough face crystals. <laughs> and enough linen. <laughs> That's why he was such a big fan of textiles. The Wealth of Nations is actually just a long treatise on the density of face crystals. If you wear enough of them. <laughs> There's something about the wealth of nations increasing. <laughs> All the trade between England was just like, and, and India was linen and crystals. <laughs> yeah, it was dream catchers and face crystals. <laughs> and incense. Yeah. Incense, yoga mats, face crystals. <laughs> and face crystals. And beads. <laughs> yeah, a lot of beads. And 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 yoni lotion. <laughs> <laughs> aloe vera, aloe vera yoni lotion to heal your yoni after you've been sunning for too long. <laughs> yoni sunning as the central ritual of Hinduism. Yeah, there's something about it. You know it when you see it. We all know what woo-woo is. <laughs> yeah. We all know it. We don't have to get to the essence. This is a fucking woo-woo book. She has a bunch of woo-woo shit in it. But she is the queen of woo-woo. Like, Ilana Selke wishes that she was... Wishes that she was... um burn because if your measure of woo-woo-ness is 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 net assets then then definitely this is the queen of (laughs) woo-woo Rhonda Byrne she's she's highly liquid I imagine I don't know of any any bigger woo-woo book than than let me see Amazon 
Yeah, the, secret. the secret's definitely up there. I think it's got to be the top. Alan Watts. Oh yeah, he was the power of now. Okay, so there are some there are some bigger books, but she's definitely a contender. <laughs> she's definitely well known. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gabor Mate. Yeah, he's another big one. Big swinging dick in the woo woo space. All right. Would you recommend the secret? Would I recommend it? To what end? To like under what circumstances would I recommend this book? Um, like if you're homeless, you should read this. <laughs> and, you, and you want to stop being homeless. <laughs> if you have any problem in your life, if you have any problem, I recommend in your life. it. If your life is perfect, then I don't recommend. If it. you're overwhelmed if your life by is perfect, debt, then by definition, you've already read and applied the secret. If you are Thomas Edison or Albert Einstein, <laughs> I would recommend that you read this book. Um, but you know what? <clears throat> there are actually like a bunch of Hollywood actors who swear by this shit. Yeah, and Hollywood is known for. If nothing else, that it's trustworthiness. It's trustworthiness. There's no one more thinking. trustworthy than a Hollywood actor. <laughs> a group of people whose job it is to pretend to be people that they're not on camera is a group that I would definitely come to for accurate reflections of the truth. <laughs> I actively resent this book. So I, can't, I can't really recommend it to anybody. <laughs> like, I, I have some degree of admiration for the grift at just making this much money yeah. off this book. Yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of cool. But the book itself, no, I think it's a complete waste of time. Like, how much time did she actually spend writing the book and making the movie? Like, a couple of years. So, to make the amount of money that she did off the amount of time that she spent doing it is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I just always feel like that there's a class of like kind of scummy things that you can do that are not technically illegal, but I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to like look myself in the mirror if I if I if I did something like this myself. If you wrote the secret. <laughs> if I wrote the secret. Yeah. At least not thinking the way I mean, if she if she actually believes this, then maybe I can understand because then she wouldn't think that she's a bad person. She'd be like, No, I'm actually like helping people. Um, mm. So I guess it, it somewhat yeah, depends yeah, yeah. on whether or not she's sincere, because then she might just be sincere and then mistaken. But if she's if she's not sincere and she's selling this shit and she made all that money, then that's a different story. Yeah, I think sincerity and cynicism can interact in strange ways, particularly <laughs> if you have a strong financial incentive. True. <laughs> yeah. True. That, yeah. The cynicism and sincerity can be can be oddly separate from one another, at least in terms of your thinking at any one moment. I think the two probably exist at the same time in her. Weird. It, it, she would have a very strange life. Very weird. Very weird life. Um, yeah, All right. I don't have anything else to say. Anything else? I wish her the best. All right. <laughs> and I wish our listeners I the best. Well. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>